Welcome, you're now in a good place. This is the Rainmakers Podcast with your host, Cheryl Alcorn. Hi, everybody. My name's Cheryl Alcorn, and I'm the author of the Rainmakers Prayer Study Guide. And today I am very, very excited because I have some information that I want to teach you, but also I want you to catch. And I had illustrated a message that I taught some kids here about a month ago. And I told them, I took a baseball glove with a ball and I said, you know, there's some things that have to be caught and not taught. And I believe that when Jesus was walking the earth, he was teaching us that way. He wanted us to catch on to everything that he was saying because he knew that it was going to take that kind of action to make a difference in our life. So the key word today is reception. And when I came up with that word, it came out of a dream that I'm going to end up sharing eventually to you. But reception, I want, I, I wrote down the definition because I, I want you to really get an understanding of what it means. So reception means to encounter. It means to react. It means to respond. And it means also to welcome. So when we think about reception, what I think about is first and foremost, how do I receive Christ? How do I receive him in my everyday walk? How do I welcome him into my life every day? Now, I'm not going to say that every day is going to be a, a day where you're just jumping for joy and you're thinking, wow, you know what? I can't believe the blessings that I'm walking in. Yes, there's, those days are going to happen. But what God wants is he wants that communication with us. In fact, he wants us to talk more to him. See, he's waiting to hear us talk to him. Because it says in Revelation, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will hear my voice, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. So God is waiting for us to receive him so we can communicate and have that relationship. So what I want to do today is I want to touch on some highlights of this uh, prayer study guide. And the prayer study guide, actually, I published it. It's been now about three years. And it's taken a while, really, to really get people to understand the significance of the prayer study guide. And I, and I really believe it's one of its own kind. And I think we're not used to doing this. So because we're not used to it, we just don't do it at all. But what I would say to you for 78 pages, I would highly recommend it. Um, in the book alone, there's 108 scriptures. In the book alone, there's over 10 stories from the Bible. When the publisher decided to publish this, and this is a, a publisher that's nationwide, they told me within four days. So I really consider that a great value to know that, that they saw the significance of what this book can bring to you. So one of the things that I wrote in the book it says, reflect on this, be humble, respond sincerely, honor God. Now, if you think about that, you think, wow, yuck, do I really honor God? Because if I'm not happy, am I honoring God? Well, God gave us our emotions. So he knows, like the Bible says, he knows everything that we are thinking. He knows everything that's going on. So that's not what disappoints God is when we're having a bad day. But what God does want is he wants you to respond to him so that he can help you. 
So in John 17, 6, it says, I revealed to you the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. I have revealed you to the ones you gave to me. Jesus already knows. He already knows who is going to receive him and who's not. And that's in page 31 of the prayer study guide. So I talk about respect and what it means in life. So on um, page 31 and 32 of the prayer study guide, I talk about the cycle of addiction that we face as humans as far as our social life is concerned, okay? And what happens is we have been so indoctrinated into a social media experience, you know, everything's, you know, on YouTube and everything that we do. And because of that, we feel that exhilaration. How's that? When we are watching those things. But God wants us to feel exhilarated when we are talking to him. And so I have a scripture that I want to read to you. And I love this scripture because actually God gave this to me a year ago. And it was actually in June of last year when we were in the middle of the pandemic. And, and I remember I was asking God, you know, Lord, I want to see the way you see. And right now the perspective of everything looks pretty bleak. You know, but I, I don't want to see from ground level. I want to see from the heavens down into the earth the way that you see. So the scripture is in the book of Exodus chapter 20. And the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to give you 2020 vision, Cheryl, in the spiritual realm. So this is what it says. Moses said to the people, do not fear for in order to elevate you, God has come. So that the awe of him shall be upon your faces so that you shall not sin. Whoa. If I only knew that scripture, it would tell me I'm supposed to come up to Christ in my walk. I need to be elevated. I need to come up. I need to say, Lord, there's so much more that I need to know about who you are. And I need to know it. And it comes, people. It comes from his word. His word is truth. It's life. It's light. It's substance. It's everything. And we were just talking, a friend of mine, we were just talking about it. You know, if you read the word of God, you'll know everything you need to know. It's the map of life. We say it to the kids, B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand on the word of God, basic instruction before leaving earth. So we know that the Bible is our source of strength. It is everything that we need. It's our foundation, but we need to know it because when situations come, how do we measure what choice we're going to make if we don't have the word to make the decision? So here Moses says this. First of all, he says, do not fear. So let's just knock fear out. Now, if you can imagine, we're in the middle. I mean, we just March, April, May, June. And here comes Cheryl coming along to you. And, and she reads the scripture, do not fear. Now, can you imagine all the people that were in fear last year? And still, for in order to elevate you, hey, listen, for you to get out, of this disease and this sickness, God wants to elevate you and bring you to a place of recovery. How would you respond? 
Are you saying, Cheryl, that you didn't have fear? Oh, I had to knock it out of my head every day. I would look at my family. I would look at what they were saying. I could hear what they're saying. I would see their frustration. I felt it. I was saying, Lord, greater is he that's in me than he who's in the world. I was saying, Lord God, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. No sickness and disease will befall you. No shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling place, for he has given his angels charge over you. Oh, my gosh. You don't, Bam, 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 bam. I was quoting it because I believed it. And I was throwing it out. But on October 16th, God shook my foundation. And I already talked about it, but I'll just say it real briefly. I was in a car accident, 99 freeway, 5 o'clock in the evening on a Friday night in the construction zone. Walked away from that accident. And I want you to know that at that point, the Lord put it in my heart to say, you will never be the same. You shouldn't be the same. None of us, excuse me, should be the same after last year. If there's anything that should have happened, we should all say, excuse me, but that ain't going to come into my house. The children of Israel took an animal. They sacrificed. They took the blood of an animal and they put it over the doorposts so that the spirit of death would pass over. And the Bible says, 3.5 million walked out of Egypt totally healed. Are you joking me? Now you're thinking, well, Cheryl, you sound like you're condemning us. No, I'm not condemning anybody. I can't do that. But what I'm saying is let's elevate ourselves, people. Let's come up to a place where we say if the word of God is the infallible seed. Okay. God sent Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. John 14, 6. Let me tell you what. This is our hour, people. This is our hour to show ourselves strong on His behalf. Because you know what? Because God's been ready. So when I read that scripture, I thought, Lord, help me. So in the prayer study guide, on page 33, it says, God, now hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> because some of us are like, I do when I want to, but no. God commands us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We all say the Lord's Prayer. That's a command. Did you know that? God commanded us to cry out in prayer. Jonah, oh my goodness. Jonah was crying out. You know, we always talk about the belly of the whale, right? But we don't talk about Jonah and what Jonah was doing. I have to offer a sacrifice of praise to my God. He didn't know if he was going to be spewed out of the mouth of that whale or not. He could have died inside of that whale. But he knew one thing. He had to give thanksgiving to his God. He had to give that. Now, to say, was the end of his story good? No, there's things that happen. But this is the thing, people. We're to take from the word of God the things that have happened, and we're supposed to learn from them. If a mistake was made, then we know the mistake, and we're not supposed to make the same mistake, right? So Jonah cried out to God. 
with a voice of thanksgiving. And he cried out to God. And guess what? Pa! Out he came. Right? God commanded us to pray to him. Father, in Jesus' name. Why would it be important to pray that? Because Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. He is a part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God reveals great things through prayer. Jeremiah said it, Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. He knew how to call upon God. Was he in a good place? Jeremiah wasn't always in a good place, but he knew if he called upon his God, his God would answer and he would show him exactly what to do. Page 35, be in God's place, his church, be around God's people, be taught and around God's pastors and leaders, be in position for God's presence. How do you position yourself? Well, my first position to the Lord is when I get on the floor in my house, my little place where I pray, and I get my Bible, and I sit there, and I call upon God in my little secret place, Psalm 91 place, because I know that I'm going to be empowered in the chamber of the Lord. I'm going to be empowered in that place with God, and he promises that he will cover you he will cover you no matter where you go. I used to go into the jails here in uh, Tulare County. And I'm not joking you. I would go in Psalm 91. I'd be praying it. Psalm 91, going in, coming out. Because you know what? I knew the minute I went in there, anything could happen. Anything could go down. But I knew God was my protection. So what I want to do is I want to end this session because I have some more things I'm going to share. But I want to end this section because I know that I've given you a lot of information. But, and I, yeah, you're thinking, whoa, Cheryl, man, she's all revved up. You better believe it. I'm going to tell you this, and then I know we got to end this. But I just got done saying a prayer for a little girl, two years old, that had a tumor on her head the size of a potato. Are you joking me? I tell you what, it changed me forever. Because you know what? God allowed me to go across the United States to be in the same room with a child that needed prayer for healing. And her family didn't even believe in God. But God said, I sent you to pray and believe for this child because this child has a legacy and this child needs to live and declare the salvation of God. So I'm going to say that. I, in fact, I want this prayer to be specifically for your children. So Father God, I thank you right now, Lord God, that you are Almighty God. You are El Shaddai. You are the wonderful counselor. You are the great I am. Father, we sing that song that you are the way maker. Lord, I pray right now that you make a way for every person that's heard this message today. Lord God, that you would show them exactly what to do and what not to do. Father, it's time, Lord, for us to step forward and to take our future the way that you want us to have it. You told Joshua to be strong and courageous for this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Father, I pray for our children right now, Lord God, that their lives depend on what we do as adults. Right now, Father, we're holding their future and it depends on how we do what we do. 
Lord, I pray that they see God in every aspect of their life, Lord God. They see the power of Almighty God, that they're going to call upon God and they're going to see the power of Almighty God. That's what I pray today. I pray, Lord God, that the word elevate will just resonate inside of people's hearts and minds that when they are faced with the situation, they're going to say, well, what way am I looking at? Am I looking at it from what happened in the past and now I'm looking at it again? Or am I saying, Lord God, from your place of authority, Lord, I see it and now I take authority over it. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray that and we believe what we have prayed. Amen.